five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Hooray, it says on the chat window. Okay, so chime in. Let's see if you're really here. Anyway, we got a few things to talk about today. I'm going to pick up where I left off on that anti-capitalism. And we got to get the... And we got to turn off that sound. We got so many things going. We don't know what's up, which is the usual. So let's dig in, right? Okay, so the first thing we want to talk about, is it live or is it Memorex? And now, that's dating us all. So if you don't know what we're talking about, I'll take you over to the video. Here we go. This is, this is um, Ella Fitzgerald. And is it live or is it Memorex? If you'd like to hear Ella Fitzgerald's voice crystal clear, you'll record on new Memorex MRX3 cassette tape. It reproduces live sound with such crystal clear fidelity, you'll have to ask, is it Ella or is it MRX3? Now watch this. Is it live or is it Memorex? Cool, huh? Okay, so that ran for a long time, and um, the point was that Memorex had good recording fidelity. Good morning. Good morning, Phoenix. Had good recording fidelity. Now, you can contrast that with my sister, uh, who snuck Bibles into the Soviet Union, got over there and got befriended by a KGB agent, so she says, and also met up with some uh, underground Christian churches and asked they asked her to go to the the tourist shop because they weren't allowed in Soviet citizens weren't allowed into these shops they were just for tourists um, you wonder why and she said well what would you like and they said we'd like cassette tape and she said why uh, you know I see it in your stores she, they said it doesn't work. Doesn't have any of the iron material in it. It doesn't record. It, it it just looks like it looks the same, but it doesn't work in the tape recorders. So there is a difference between the quality of tape, and that's maybe the biggest illustration I've ever heard of. Uh, and I did use uh, Memorex 90 for a while, and part of it was because you could get 45 minutes on a side, whereas a lot of cassette decks, a lot of cassette tapes were only 30 minutes on a side. So that was why it was cool. And uh, so now what does that relate? How does that relate to this? Well, what is important then is, according to Brian Kurtz, is it live or is it Memorex? Okay. And the question is, is it live or is it Zoom? Now, I was doing these pre-pandemic. So you'd think I'd have it down by now. And I think I've got my camera figured out. It now looks about like it looks over here in the mirror. <laughs> I keep a mirror because it's hard to comb your hair backwards. And I like it to look right, not flipped around. And so, uh, and so you know, this is, and we were doing Zoom. My brother moved to the Soviet Union. I don't know what our connection is over there. But, you know, I just want you to know I get a lot of news sources that aren't just CNN. And in fact, CNN chased down a story for me long ago in the Soviet Union, and it turned out that I was 100% right, and I was about seven months ahead of their reporters. 
uh, U.S. News and World Reports finally got it right, but that was like seven months, eight months later. Anyway, so there's some connection there. And uh, so we were using video chat in the late 90s. And um, so a long history. And I was I was a system, a SISOP, they used to call it, system operator, on a chat board, on a marketing chat board back in 1980, hmm, maybe 89, 90, in there, uh, a long time. So... I remember the first time I was chatting with somebody in South Africa, a, a fighter pilot in the South African Air Force, and we had a good chat, and I thought, what a world we live in. Anyway, so it's a new thing that many of you are just discovering now, <clears throat> just learning to work your camera on your computer, but um, Brian is telling us that there's some advantages, uh, like breakout rooms. There's some Zoom uh, setups. And I'm using Zoom in the most generic sense of the word. I don't even use Zoom hardly ever. But you can you can have breakout rooms where 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 viewers are organized into small groups for discussion later. I've participated in that once or twice. Uh, can create new friendships? Have I? No, not even a little. A Zoom meeting to me is a little like, or a Zoom conference with. Uh, you know, it's like you're being watched, okay? It's a little like trying to make friends on an airplane. Yeah, you have a cordial conversation. Everybody's polite. You maybe even exchange business cards. Do you ever get reconnected with those people? Eh, once in a blue moon. Once. Once out of a hundred, maybe. One out of a hundred. Probably not even that much. Okay? You don't have to worry about AV staff. Well, it would, you know... My professor friend said, when I was doing live teaching, I had six people on staff helping me get it all ready to go. How many do you have? I said, a lot less than six. <laughs> and you don't have to waste time eating. Um, he said you can send swag ahead of time, uh, which I did look up what swag meant. Uh, souvenirs, wearables, and gifts. I was wondered that one. That was a long time ago. Anyway, but he says live events, you get a lot better feedback about what's going on in person. Um, and uh, you can seat people by table. You can actually put a seating chart together. Uh, or, you know, it, at one of my favorite conferences, Namoa, they seat, they'll divide up the vendors and you can kind of pick the vendor you want to talk to. And that's nice. I always like that. And so it gives you a little control over who you're talking to. Um, I wish they'd make the company names bigger on the badges. And there's nothing that can replace a socially distanced hug. And I agree with that too. Okay, But something to think about. So now I want to get to why every brand should be anti-capitalist. Okay? And this is by it's a person named By Mordecai, which is interesting. Mordecai, of course, was the was the in the book of in the book of Esther was the was the hero really uh, who got Esther to go talk to the king and saved all the Jews in Persia, which is pretty amazing. So a great name, um, but this guy says that advertising is an expression of consumer capitalism. That is true. Marx hated advertising. He said. 
if the cost of goods is 50 bucks and the price is 100 bucks the main reason we have so much so much higher price in in capitalistic markets is that the the advertising is 20 30% of the cost of the final cost in fact it's worse than that the actual cost of materials and labor is probably 25% and the to compared to the finished cost or the finished price and maybe and it could be worse i suppose so what is the function of advertising well uh, according to to Mr. or Mrs. Mordecai, uh, it's anti-consumer. To be anti-capitalist is to be more pro-consumer. That there's this there's this adversarial relationship in ca capitalism between the consumer and the merchant. And uh, and this person, the author, is a long-standing anti-capitalist and activist. Okay, and he said you don't have to participate in the capitalist structure. There's an alternative, and uh, the goal is that consumers get a better deal. That's his, that's their point. He said that the winner-take-all approach is the first thing that has to change. Now that you know that that is uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Of course, the whole idea of capitalism, you know, sell a car on Craigslist. You have advertising, you have an item, and you have a buyer and seller. And the buyer wants to get as much for the car as they can. And the, uh, I'm sorry, the buyer wants to get the car for as good a value, low, low a price. The car is the car, right? It's like horse trading. <laughs> The horse is the horse, of course, of course. And the the buyer wants to get the lowest price. The seller wants to get the highest price. And if there is no meeting in the middle, there is no purchase. That's just the way it is, right? And sometimes the buyer knows something about the, the horse that the seller doesn't know. For example, Snowman, world champion jumping horse, was bought off the glue wagon, literally, was on its way to the glue factory. After a horse auction, nobody wanted the horse. And the buyer really wanted a horse to train and was a was a world-class horse trainer and saw something in this horse, which became a world champion. It's a fantastic story, right? So the buyer got it for, I don't know what, 50 bucks or something. And the seller was happy to do it because that was more than the glue factory was going to pay. So knowledge does come into play here. you know. Or the seller may know that the transmission is about ready to fall out of the car, put sawdust in it. This is something they said that they used to do. I don't know if I ever did it. I bought a car where the, where the seller had taken the light bulb out of the check engine light. And I bought it the night before we left for Florida. We drove it all the way through the night all the way to Florida, no problems. We drove it all the way back, and when we got back, it wouldn't pass emissions. And they said one cylinder has low compression, but it got the same gas mileage as the previous one I'd owned, exactly the same. So I, I don't even know if it was ever really that bad, but whatever. The seller had disabled the check engine light. I've learned now that you turn the key halfway, and then the, then you can see if the light is lit. But 
The seller knew something the buyer didn't know. Was it still a good deal? Yeah, and then I hit a deer with it and got totaled anyway. Okay, so this author, my style consultant's probably tearing her hair out saying, quit with the crazy stories. Okay, so the point is, you're trying, it's a voluntary exchange. Knowledge comes into it, but it's a voluntary exchange. And there's a great article we're going to cover tomorrow about TikTok vis-a-vis, there's a good expression, Google, Facebook. It's, it's a great article by, by uh, Mark Ritson, as usual. So, the first thing he says is, is that uh, if your competition is doing one thing, you don't just try to beat them, you might try to say something different. I worked with some six different safety companies, business to business, who all wanted to look like lab safety. They wanted to look beautiful. And I analyzed each of them, and for each of them, we had different marketing strategies, and they all went up. Revenue per book all increased. Okay. Contrarian marketing is almost always the best method. What I mean is, if your competitor is, is killing it in this area, go to that area. Go to something they don't see. I told you the pine salt story. It wasn't selling in the grocery stores. They were ready to shut down the brand. One salesman in Louisiana started selling it to, ga- to gas stations and to service stations. And the guys could clean their hands with it. It smelled better than old oil and gas at the end of the day. Their wives liked it. It would work on the vinyl. It would work on the tires, work on the leather, work everywhere. <laughs> and it cut the grease on the, on the floor. So that's what got Pine Saw going. It wasn't selling it where everybody else was selling the, the kitchen cleanser. Okay, contrarian marketing almost always works. This is not anti, anti-capitalism. It angers me, this article, that, that somehow he thinks that this, he or she, the author, thinks that this is somehow anti-capitalism. What it is is repositioning your product, not to beat the competition, but to offer an alternative to the consumer who may be looking for something a little different. Okay? The next thing is, the next trope to challenge is establish systems that too often act against inclusivity. A powerful example is Anomaly, which put its own money into the business ventures of its clients, such as the beauty line Eros. And it talks about uh, VCs uh, storing... Uh, Influx of VCs, Serena Williams, Jessica, and Eva Longoria. I like Eva Longoria a lot. Anyway, she's a lot of funny. When you make some money, reinvest in your own community. That's what the Vietnamese did when they landed here in boats with nothing. They worked together and they invested in themselves. That is absolutely the centerpiece of capitalism. And in America, we can invest in business startups. Anybody can, and anybody can start a business. It's so easy. That's the heart of capitalism, not some banking conspiracy where you think that there's no opportunity in the world. That's anti-capitalism, teaching that there's no opportunity. Oh, my gosh. And what it is, again, is finding a need and filling it. That is the definition from the American Marketing Association of Marketing. Find a need and filling it. Go another direction. Find an unmet need. Oh, my gosh. And we'll talk about Tic Tac tomorrow on that score. What a brilliant strategy. Okay? And lastly, 
the author says, build affinity through targeting. Not just traditional segmentation, but the whole individual. Very difficult. I have 25 years in machine learning driven targeting. In, almost impossible. Because you don't know what you don't know. And that's why advertising is sloppy. That's why it takes 30% of the price of a, an item to try to find the market, to try to make money. It's very, very difficult, especially with un, untried products, with innovation. You want innovation? Go with capitalism. That's the only place it happens. Because in capitalism, we have the opportunity to tell our story on something you didn't even know you needed. How cool is that? Right? It's not a binary de de definition. And, you know, and if you want to market to non-gender specific whatever, there's like 60. But be careful because every aim includes and excludes. I said this about J.C. Penney when they hired the guy from Apple. I don't know if you remember way back there. But Penny was doing pretty well, J.C. Penney. But they decided to go with Apple branding. They tried to build an upscale fashion brand inside of Penny's. And they tried to market to LGBTQ. And I don't know if I made that right. LGBTQ. Uh, they put it openly in their ads. Now, two problems with that. One is, there just aren't that many. Two, there's more than two problems. Two, not many of them have kids. It's a lower percentage. You know, you have to adopt, you have to, or you have to do other, you know, other science to get it to work right, because it's not designed to work that way. And so, you know, that's just the facts. It's a small percentage of the population, and it's a, a tiny percentage of the, of the families with kids, which was their main market. And there's a third problem, and that is, if that's what you aim at, with very little upside financially, what are the consequences? Well, and we have to also think about what are the chances that the LB, LB, what are the chances that that community, I'm sorry, I just don't want to get it wrong. It's not that I can't get it right. Uh, what are the chances that they believe the pitch that J.C. Penney is a fashion icon? I mean, that's like impossible. To, I, I can't even believe that, right? So, you know, oh, where'd you get those shoes? J.C. Penney. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and it didn't happen. I mean, it might have been plausible. You know, after all, the hush puppy resurrection happened in, uh, in uh, you know, that, that community in New York City. They found out they were comfortable and nobody was wearing them. And all of a sudden, Hush Puppy was revived as a brand for that community. And then it spread to others because they are comfortable. And so it's not impossible. But, you know, J.C. Penney is just the antithesis of, of cool for, for the community. So, so they didn't acquire the, the target, but there was a backlash. There was a lot of backlash from their traditional market. Now, they could have done it with direct mail a little easier. They could have made some suggestions through the mail that weren't so broadly viewed, but they didn't. They just went whole hog into a new direction. And oftentimes, you're better off testing a new direction than you are just flipping it. So I, I, I would say that his, his or her, the author's arguments are completely 
misguided. This is what's called a straw man argument, where, where capitalism is set up as this monolithic system that is oppressing the consumer. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing. In capitalistic societies, we have more choice, we have more innovation, we have a better deal, we have lower prices generally for almost everything, where the government is not prying things open and manipulating things, that usually wrecks stuff, right? Like college tuition. All of a sudden, we fund everybody to go to college. Guess what? There's no more competition. The colleges can raise their prices as much as they want. Now, if you choose not to take the government assistance, you're penalized deeply, massively, right? And a generation of kids is enslaved. Something to think about. Government rarely makes the deal better. And, you know, there, of course, you know, there are anti-capitalist things that are tried. Uh, there was a, a dot-com that tried paying everybody the same, no matter what their role and their title was in a company. And uh, for a while, people kind of accepted it. But the best people left to get a better deal from someone else. And the worst people didn't know what they were doing. That's the way every company, every company has a mix of that. So, ultimately, capitalism, the voluntary exchange for wages, the voluntary exchange for prices, the voluntary exchange for costs, ultimately it works out. And there's no other system. Let's not compare it to some hypothetical that someone's invented in their mind that's somehow a better deal for consumers. That's insane. It's not happening. And your alternatives here... I've used those my whole life. They have nothing to do with being anti-capitalist. So, I'm not going to send the link because, you know, you can write whatever you want. But I'm disappointed in in the publication, the drum. I use the drum a lot. I think this was just clickbait. But I wanted to use it as an illustration of how to be careful. We're undermining our own best system. We're biting the hand that feeds it, us we're looking a gift horse in the mouth. There's a lot of proverbs on this. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Have a great day. i got to keep talking. I've noticed that people do chop the end of their talk off. They say their goodbye, and it doesn't get into the, into the stream. So I'll just go a little longer here. I'll wave. Bye-bye.